16 of the Jimmy Palomo show, bro. That's like, we're like a, we're like a aging veteran. We're like Bonanza of podcasts. We've been on for so long. And this is show number 116. Of course, I'm coming from the shitty kitchen studios in downtown yeah. Mawa, New Jersey. Also coming with me, my broadcast buddy for so many years, Christopher Gucci coming from downtown Matawan from the Chop Sports Studios. Christopher, how are we doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How much longer you got in the shitty kitchen studio? Any luck on the... Um... Uh, it looks like in about 10 days or two weeks, I will be in a not as... Uh, I'm a little bit nicer situation. I'll be from the shitty dining room studios in Mawa. Oh, so you actually found a place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, put a bit in. It's uh, We're waiting for the closing. So that's what we're doing there. I will be on the move, as they say here at Shed. Um, so anyway, uh, listen, this is show number 116, Chris, and, uh, I'm wearing my 706 hat because beer league, the series is dropping June 19th on all social media and all over the place. Please go to the YouTube channel, beer league, the series and Jimmy Palumbo th- click and subscribe and show some love. Um, I've been talking to Artie a little bit, so that's exciting as well. Um, but today is a special thing because we have a special guest. I won't tell you who he is just yet. I'll leave the audience tingling there. Um, but I, as we well know, I start the show. I grab a baseball card off the top of the deck. And this one is, I can't believe how long this guy played. And I can't believe how actually incredibly average he was. But he's got some wild things that I think are funny. This player is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Doyle Alexander. That's right. This is his 1982 baseball card. Now, Oh, that's my birth year. Look at that. There you go. Now, Listen, this guy, he pitched from 71 to 89, okay? His record was 194 and 174 with an ERA of 3.76. He played for the Dodgers, Baltimore, Yankees, Texas, Atlanta, Giants, Yankees again, Toronto, Atlanta, and Detroit. And the unique thing about him was he had years where he pitched unbelievably awful. Uh, uh, where, where, like, you know, Steinbrenner wanted to like kill him and, and he was awful, but they also had years where like his teams won the division because he went like nine and oh down the stretch. I mean, he was, uh, like in 84 Toronto, they won a division, he was 17 and six, you know, they, as a starting pick. Well, I mean, like, just 194 wins, 174 losses that's a really, really solid pitcher, right? No matter yeah, which so way you slice it, and it, it's it's mind boggling. Like, um, I, I laughed at, uh, his three years with the Yankees, though, he was 11 and 14 with an ERA of 4.47. Um, he pitched in the 76 World Series for the Yankees, got shelled. I think it was game one, maybe. No, Gullet pitched game one, maybe. No, I'm not even sure what game it was, but he got shelled. He was out of the game in the second inning. So he's Sonny um, Gray. But, he's, but he has a, some crazy – he was traded seven times. Three of the trades invol- involved Hall of Famers. And one of them was Frank Robinson, but he was at the tail end of his career. The crazy thing was, in 1987, he was traded by the Braves for a little unknown pitcher named John Smoltz. Okay? And, of course, horrible trade, right? However, Chris, this is something you, you and I will love. When he took over, he went 9-0 and with an ERA of 1.53 after the trade, and they won the division. So, I know Smoltz made the Hall of Fame, but like early on in that trade, you were like, if you were a fan of the uh, Tigers back then, you were like, oh, best trade ever. We got rid of some minor league guy nobody knows about. And our boy Doyle Alexander is 9-0 with us. He won us the division. 
he uh, uh they won a division title and then he would be good for like two years and then he would sh- that's what happened he'd be good for two years shit the bed they and then they would trade him but he had 464 major league baseball stars <laughs> it's like you know and he had 1528 k's that's like that's a lot of k's okay who it is you know um the funny thing is in the postseason the sunny gray award he was 0 and 5 with an 8.38. So either he was more, you know, I guess he was, his fastball didn't have a little juice on it. But, bro, I'm telling um, you, you just described like a, a full career span of Sonny Gray. He's been right. traded like four times. He came to the Yankees, he sucked. And no matter where else he goes, he's like a re- legit pitcher. Right. And now whenever he's, he's pitching against the Yankees, it always seems like it's the sixth inning and we don't have a lot of runs. And you're like, wait yeah. a minute. And then you forget because he looks different. All of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. Is this the Sonny Gray? I always think like it's his like I feel like he pitched for the Yankees. Sonny Gray pitched in like '74. Cause like, is that his son? No, that's the guy who sucked for us. You know what I mean? I, I love that shit. Anyway, yeah. Here's an, here's another great stat on Doyle Alexander. Ready? No team ever won a playoff series in which he pitched. <laughs> it's like so. If you make the playoffs and Doyle Alexander is in the pitches, you don't survive in advance. Anyway, damn, zero and five, an eight flat ERA, and winless. Oh, terrible. But yet he was. He also career. he pitched complete games. He gave you innings. He very rarely came out. Like again, that area guys tend to pitch long anyway. But he was like one of those guys. He will give you innings. Kind of reminds me when I play softball now. This All guy right, that I got here is a guy that bridged bridged the gap over like three eras. Okay. Right, he had a brother that also pitched. That should probably give it away. Necro, yeah. Uh, Phil and, or and Joe? Like, Joe. Now I'm I'm choosing this because we always talk about the back of a baseball card, and I remember as a kid, he had one of the most fascinating backs of a baseball card. Like him and Nolan Ryan, they just like it was like a stack. Like what is that? Look at all those years. Wow, he yeah, that's Phil, right? Oh, no, this it's is Joe. Joe. Oh, okay, Joe, this is an '87. And this is his first year on the Twins. He probably pitched for like five more years after this. Because there was years where Joe was be- better than Phil, I believe. Bro, I'm just looking at – this is – like I said, I don't even know when he retired. I have his thing pulled up here, but I'm getting this off the back of the card. 103 complete, 107 complete games. That's unbelievable. 107 complete games. You would be lucky to get seven out of Garrett Cole in his career at this point. Right, right. Plus, you know, knuckleball is tend to not be hurt, but he was a – I believe Joe was a hybrid. He he had a yeah. little bit – Phil Necro was pure Bro, knuckleball, pure. If you put 20 years in Major League Baseball and you have a 3-5 ERA uh, with 107 games, where is he? Is he in the Hall of Fame? Like, we're, we're talking about, I, like, I, rare air. You know, and I think, I think they're both dead now, too. I think they both passed away. They're pretty I old. Mean, they retired at 66. I feel like he was 66 years old when he retired, so he's right. probably on his way out. I remember – listen, I remember at, at, the, at Phil Necro's career, at the end of Phil Necro, he pitched a game. He looked like my grandfather. Holy shit, and, it's his birthday today. Oh, so there you go. You didn't even know that. Joe Necro's birthday. Same as Jeanine Michaud. She shares a birthday with uh, with uh, Joe Necro the, uh, and D-Day, um, which is a shout-out. I'll, I'll do something later on that. But – the thing about Phil Negro at the end of his career, he was so committed to the knuckleball that it would be like, like nobody threw a knuckleball like Phil Negro. There was no hybrid. It was completely like wiffle ball. And some guys couldn't hit it. Couldn't hit it at all. And, and Phil all. Negro, was he a knuckleballer too? Pure. Of the purest. No, number one knuckleballer of all time. That's so Joe crazy. was a hybrid. I don't think he you threw think, it all the time. You don't think, neither of these guys are in the Hall of Fame? 
Maybe Phil Negro is. That's a good. I don't know that question. See that? I got to rely on my my chat room Where's here. Pat Volkmer. Where's Pat Volkmer when you need him? That's right. Right. Where's That's Pat right. Volkmer? So this is the Joe Negro and the who's your guy? Who's my guy? Doyle Alexander. See that? How little. All right. Well, listen. Joe Negro and Doyle Alexander combined for forty years of MLB. That's a good choice. I love forty years and counting for Negro. I think he played longer. Which, of course, brings us to um, Patreon. Now, listen, we're at 28, and we died at 28. We died here, and but that's okay. Because John Carlos Stanton's back in the lineup. Clearly the Yankees' best players, I've always said. <laughs> and um, I love all my patrons. I'm not bashing. I love it. Thank you for the support. Some of you give uh, higher than the tiers, which is great. Um, but I figure maybe a 29, a little Bill Courier, a little Myron Guyton, maybe a little Tito Wooten. Catfish Hunter, and my all-time favorite shitty Yankee, Jesse Barfield. That would also be fun. So I'm looking for a 29, and here we go. Our Patreon list. Alex Stetson, I just played softball with him. More on that later. My sister, Mike DeMosi. My mom, my cousin Joe. Rob Pastor, Capasig back in the 80s. Jimmy Riccardi, nephew. John Henry Riccardi, nephew. Eric, nephew. It's the nephew series here. Shame. Michael Caprio, of course, of CornholeLevel.com. Frank Palumbo, my brother, who knows the guest uh, that's coming on. Daryl Clark, my LSU boy, getting involved down there. Greg Casolino slash Miller from Colonia. Mike Shecky Lawler. Oh, my God, I'm a Dolphin fan. Dave Ben, of course, 16 years I went to school with him. Pat Volkmer, America's finest Facebook quiz uh, trivia poster in the history of Facebook. Uh, and who listened to the show on the way back on a three-hour car ride, car ride. He made his family listen to my show for like three hours, which is, that's pain for them. Um, we got Martin Waltzak, Michael Deej, Alphonse, Beer League, the series coming out June 19th. We got Janine Michaud. Happy birthday, Janine, along with you and Joe Negro, which is funny as hell. Actually, um, it's not yeah. Joe Negro's birthday. I wanted to comment on that again. This so was, that was, it says, it, it says, it says birthday. And then to the right, it says his birthday. And then underneath it, it says acquired on the trade. And it's 6'6". Six, six. So he was acquired by... So it's not his birthday. So listen, Joe Negro, whenever your birthday is, happy birthday in advance or late. Once again, our, our my producer's always on top of things over there. Robin I mean, Achani, yeah, my Negro, cousin... Sure. I don't even know if he's still with us, so... I don't think he is. My, Robin Achani, John Henry Palumbo, Greg Alpern of Beer League, the series... Um, my nephew, Bobby Palumbo, nephew, Tommy Palumbo, Tyson Hogan, my favorite patron of all time, Louis Weege Vichadomini down in Florida, and of course, number 28, Brian Shevlin coming in at the back end. That's my Patreon. So that is fine and dandy here, Jimmy Palumbo Show, um, which brings us to the absolute best sponsor of all time, uh, Absolute Eyewear, Chris. Let me tell you something about Absolute Eyewear. They're owned uh, by Craig and John Ian Michaud. It's her birthday today. Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326. Eyes. Oh, that was pretty good. Chris got to get involved here. 326-3937. That's 732-326-3937. They got everything. Full opticians. They got prescription eyeglasses. Everything over there. $100 off a complete pair. If you mention the show, she'll take care of you. All you got to do is say Jimmy Palumbo. You'll probably get a discount. They've been in the business like 18 years, family run, um, and uh, they have all kinds of stuff there, especially they have, ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please, available at Absolute Eyewear, 
Ray-Ban coach Ralph Lauren, Dave Sturcio's Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Kors, Vogue, Maui Jim, Costa Del Mar, and Charles Oakley sometimes shops there. So go check them out. Open five days a week. They're closed on Wednesdays. Why? Because it's softball. We don't open the shop up when you got to play softball. And they're closed on Sundays. Why? That would be giant football ass whooping day. They get their the football whooped. giants all on the air. I can't wait till the Packers suck. All right. So that's it. Absolute eyewear. But the best thing about absolute eyewear, when you leave there with a pair of glasses, you don't feel like a jerk off. They take care of you there. You feel good about yourself. It's not like going to Dean Carpets on Route 1. I just said three guys just drove off the road with that room. Now, which brings us, Christopher, I have a very unique and special guest on our show. Now, I don't think I've ever had a guest like this because I, I know him a little bit, met him a couple times. We have a deep connection with Rutgers, the Scarlet McKnights. Um, and uh, he played basketball in an error, in an error, in an era. <laughs> After 1976, when they went to the Final Four, and I'm going to bring him on the show. His name is Matt Madling, Matt Madlinger. I got it right. M-A-D-L-I-N-G-E-R. Matt, how we doing? Oh, Jimmy, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. There you and, go. What, in fact, anybody who's a friend of Eddie Zucker is a friend of mine. Oh, uh, that's right. Eddie Zucker, of course, played hoops uh, from 80s. Three to eighty-five. He's, on the, he's been on the podcast. Yeah, we had Eddie Zucker on the podcast. Yeah, he's he's a little younger than me. I, yes, uh, I was uh, seventy-seven to eighty-one. That's it. I have, and then he was eighty-three. I think he. Yeah, came. he came later. I, I played a summer at the Shore League with him. Okay, and, and he's a legend it. at the Shore, by the way. Oh yeah, well he's a legend in his own mind. He he was my roommate. He thought he was a legend until I showed up, and he realized that. You know, he hurt his knee. He thought I was going to be like the rehab, the inspirational guy. I'm like, dude, come on, let's get going here. You got one little scope. You got to play. Yeah, if he if he didn't get hurt though, he would have had a. Oh yeah, he was a good. Fr- he was. I think he was Atlantic Ten rookie, freshman of the year, maybe something like that. He was tough. He passed Sweet. the ball. He shot well. He was. He was the whole package. If he didn't get hurt, he would have been a really nice, solid Atlantic Ten player, no doubt about it. Sweet um, lefty. Sweet lefty. Well, well, listen, you played in an era uh, from '77 to '81. Uh, which, and you also played, I mean, you played with three NBA players. I mean, Kelvin Troy, James Bailey, Hollis Copeland. These guys, you know, went on to NBA careers and got drafted, so on and so forth. But I got to ask you, so your your freshman year was the year after the Final Four, and you were the first year in the rack, right? Or the second year? Yeah, that we were the first year at the rack. And, so were and you? Phil Sellers used to say it was the, the rack that he built. Right, well, that's, well. Because, you know, Phil Sellers has a record that will never be broken for Rutgers. You know that, right? He's got the most points. Oh, and yeah. he averaged 25 points a game for four years. And I assure you, if you're in the Big Ten and you score 25 points a game, you're not playing four years. <laughs> you're going to be playing for the NBA or you're going to be in – nobody plays four years like that anymore. I, I have um, the distinction of wearing number 12. And that was his number. So I got to wear it before they retired it. And I used ah. to get abused. I used to get abused on College Ave when I went to the frat parties because they'd say, you don't deserve to wear 12. Absolute. You don't deserve to wear 12. How could you wear number 12, Bill <laughs> Sellers? He's like their greatest player of all time. I love it. The ball's on you. But I got to ask you something to get you a little ahead. What? So where did you play high school ball? So I played at Piscataway High School. Okay. Okay. And uh, was recruited a lot of Ivy Leagues, Penn and Princeton, uh, some Lehigh, Lafayette. Rhode Island, um, 
Rutgers kind of came in late, but I, I'll tell you, um, it is all about the coaches and the relationship you have with the coaches. I mean, Tom Young was phenomenal. Uh, Joe Boylan, these guys, I, I was not a big fan and this is going to maybe someone will ride off the road, but I'm not a big fan of, of Pete Carrell. I just, he just wasn't uh, my cup of tea as a coach. Right. And um, I hate, I, I hated the way they played that four yeah. corners. It was so boring. You ever remember that, that arena you'd go there. It was so quiet. Terrible. I, I know it's, I went to one game there and I swore, Chris, I don't know if the, I forget the name of the arena they play in, but the way it is, it, it's, I guess the fans, again, this is, I'm going back, you know, 35 years ago, 40 years ago, whatever. It was quiet and they did that like four corner thing. And like, if you were down by eight, game was over because you were only getting three more shots. The rest of the, it was like, and, and he would pride himself on the back door or whatever that other shot. I, I, Rutgers never did well against it, but nobody did. Nobody does. It was that style of play. I guess it's cool. Some people like it, but the arena did not have that. I hated it, so I could totally see why you didn't want to go there. I mean, yeah, other than was, other than going to Princeton University. Well, I, yeah, I mean that part of it was was appealing, but um, and Chris Young. I mean, but there was no shot clock, so the shot uh, clock didn't uh, come in until 1985. Unbelievable. You know, many people think Villanova wouldn't have won the national championship if they had the shot clock. Right, um, right. And sure. Raleigh used to hold the ball, and and Pete Carrill held the ball, and you know everybody held the ball. We'd play Columbia in the Garden, and it would be like, you know, seven two at halftime. <laughs> it's crazy. And and it wasn't just us in Columbia; it was like Duke, North Carolina, right, would, would hold the ball. And I, I, the rule was, I mean, what, what's it? Uh, the, the four corners was famous at what, what at North North Bill Carolina. Ford, yeah, Phil Ford yeah. and Dean Smith. Dean Smith was the the architect of the four corners, and he had a, a guard. To me. He had a guard, uh, Ford. Um, we played them in the garden, um, and you got if you got a, a behind by five points, they would just go spread it out, and he would dribble around like Curly, you know, McNeil or Curly um, Neal, yeah, Neal, yeah, and then the Globetrotters. Right. I know it, it was, that's the way the era, you know, now of course it's, it's a whole different game, but some people do love that old style, but I, I, I don't know. That's to me is like too far. Um, so you, so you got recruited now you were, you, you had some nice options there educationally. So how did you, how did your parents feel about you going five minutes away to the well, rack? Yeah. I mean it, you know, one was free and one you had to pay, you know, right. so right. uh, and, in, and in the old days uh, even Princeton not what it costs today, but it, it still was some, right. you know, piece of change. Well, what kind of play were you in high school? For so I, I was a scorer. I was a shooter. Uh, you know, we, we played uh, up tempo. Right. I, I like to, I like to show, you know, to shoot the ball. Uh, so I right. averaged around 24 game in high school and we won the counties and got to the state finals. So I, I that kind of helped wow. my, my stock. Right, um, but there was no three-point shot. Right, and you were you were a time. long shooter, oh, so wow. you know that takes away that option. I played two years with James Bailey, right. who you referred to. He was the sixth pick in the draft. Wow. So think about that, Rutgers fans. We had a player that was Six. the sixth pick, know, and if you look at the picks in front of him, I mean, you're looking at Magic Johnson. No, there was you know listen, here, between here. between 1976 and 1978. I think Rutgers had like. I don't know, six draft picks in the early rounds. That's it's even hard to even think about right now. Um, yeah. 
Well, now, so obviously, when, when you first got there, Rutgers was, uh, again, I, the reason, uh, reason why I wanted to have you on is because people realize people don't realize that Rutgers was very good back then. This was before the Big East got really hot, and Rutgers declined the invitation, which ended up being a horrible decision. Um, but w- when you showed up on campus, you, was it eye-opening, like, oh, my God, these guys are really good? Or is, was it like, were you able to hang with them initially? It it was an eye opener. I mean, I, I certainly could hang with them, uh, but it was a game that was up above the rim, and right. and they didn't even allow dunking until my freshman year. I think was the first year the dunk rule came back. Chris, think about it. That was ten years they didn't let you dunk. They it's called it the Lou Alcindor rule because they wouldn't. You know, Lou Alcindor they took the dunk away That's so that he didn't dominate. <laughs> But that's why that's why when people talk about Jordan and, and LeBron James, <laughs> it's like, well, one guy was so good that they changed that they he changed can't do a certain shot. Like, think about how funny that is. That's a, I yeah. didn't realize that. That's a funny bit. And then in retrospect, the guy developed a sky hook as a result of that. Which was unguardable, still yeah, is. When he was 80 years old, he so, could stay any better. Yeah. yeah, so so taking the dunk away from him probably you know, made him the greatest score in the NBA. Right, right. That's true, too. That's great. Uh, so th- there's, you know, unintended consequences of things like right. that. But so so Bailey was called Jam and James, if everybody remembers. Right. And he dunked like crazy. And it right. was the first time that people saw a dunk in 10 years. That's unbelievable. So he had like 80, 81 dunks. Put that in context. I think Cliff had 73 last year, and we know how many dunks Cliff had. So right, Bailey right. had like had ten dunks to what Clip did. Wow! And so he became a a, a phenom. You know, a, a pe- his warm ups when we go up to Syracuse and play up at the Manly Fieldhouse because they didn't even have the Carrier Dome. His warm up was like a dunk contest. Wow! And, and the students would just you know like ah ooh and ah because they hadn't seen that. Now we see it all the time now, but back then it was it was uh, it was so- unique. So you're over there, Rucker. Now, where did you live on uh, Livingston campus? No, I lived on College Ave. I was okay. with a few of the guys over on College Ave. I lived off campus. You remember Patty's? Yep, yep, yep. I was sure right did. across the street from Patty's. Okay, uh, I was on um, I was on Livingston campus when I got okay. there, and all the and all the players lived on Livingston yep. at that point. I don't know if that was a rule, but I, I'm on my floor. No, I mean, I, like Hollis was with me. Um, uh, Heffley, Steve Heffley. There were a few guys over on College Ave. Um, and were you in a frat? No, uh, I was always I you invited be. into. I mean, I would they would ask me because I was an athlete. I think Deke and Du would always have some athletes on there that right, you know, the football. Right. And so I know Eddie. Um, Eddie couldn't really basketball took up too much time. They, they, the coaches really didn't want you joining. Exactly. Frat. Exactly. So it was like that, a wink. It was a wink, wink. You're invited here, but you're not really a brother because. Um, I don't. I don't even know now if they can be in at all. I, yeah. If I was a coach, I would. I wouldn't let anybody play me in a frat. Yeah, I. I never. You know, it. It never really uh, got to that point where I pledged. Right, but you were. Uh, you know. So you, now, your freshman year, you guys were twenty-four and seven. Um, was that NIT NCAA's? What 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 happened there? Well, we we had a we won the uh, Eastern Eight. If you remember the 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 yeah. Rutgers was an independent and then they joined the Eastern eight, uh, which was kind of a configuration. It was Pitt, West Virginia, Penn state, Duquesne. And it was kind of like early, early Atlantic 10, really. really It it was the early Atlantic 10. And so we won that outright. And then we went to the tournament. Now this was a league that only got one bid. 
So you had to, we won our league outright. We, we beat Villanova. They were second. We were first. They had two or three losses. We only had one. So we won that league, but we had to win the tournament to go to the tournament, you know, the NCAA. Oh, okay. And it was out at the Pitt Civic Arena. And this Pitt Civic Arena, there's like the Penguins played there, but that was about it. And this thing was cold and big. And we played them, uh, the eighth place team. So we were one. We had to play the eighth place team, which oh. is West Virginia. And we played them at two in the afternoon on a Thursday. <clears throat> and they were still sweeping up the garbage from the Penguins game the night before. So you couldn't <laughs> hear anything. You know, you'd sit That's on great. the bench and your feet were freezing because you were sitting on ice. <laughs> and great. and we, we got beat in, in a crazy game, you know, like, and it was, that was it. Like, you just devastated. You, you think about that. We had like the oh. number one seed. We we're going to get a, a, and then we, we had to go to the NIT. And back and then, I, it was only how many teams in the NCAA tournament? Only 20, it was only 32. 32. Only right. 32. Wow. The year we made, so the next year we made the Sweet 16. But we right. won one game, and we were in the Sweet 16. Wow, that's right. You know, that's why so it's always it a little, little bit different. That's why the um, final, even the Final Four in '76, it wasn't as. If Rutgers made the Final Four now, it would be a much bigger story. Yeah, yeah. it's um, it's just a, a who did you who did you lose to in the Sweet 16 the following year? So we lost. So we lost to. Um, and it, it was a great tournament that year. That was when Indiana State and Magic Johnson made it to the final. Right. That was '79. So that was a that was a. A, a great final and it really helped college basketball. Yeah. But um, the two best teams in our region. So we were a six seed. The two best teams in our region were Carolina and Duke. I think they were one and two and right. both got upset. So Penn out of the Ivy league beats North Carolina and wow, St. John's and St. John's who we beaten twice. They take out Duke. So wow. now it's, uh, and then Syracuse loses to Penn. So we're now like the highest rated team left wow. in this region. And we're down in Greensboro and we have to play um, St. John's and we had beaten them twice already. We beat Ugh. them by 11 at the garden and we beat them by three or five at the uh, alumni hall. And here comes the RU screw. <laughs> and here comes the RU screw. So we leave the entire game. We're in Greensboro. Meanwhile, they had like 15,000 seats, but because it was St. John's and Rutgers, there was only like 7,200 people there. Right. You know, everybody down there on Tobacco Road just t took a vacation. They weren't watching any basketball. Right. So we lose to Lou Carnesecca. Now, Lou always played man, man, man. He switched to a zone. This is something he never did. And so Lou Carnesecca went to zone in the second half late. And we, I, I love Tom Young dearly, but he had a habit of, you know, taking the air out of the ball a little bit if you got a lead. Right, And we did not make our foul shots. The other thing that's changed in the game is you have a bonus now. Right. Back then, exactly. you never got to the bonus. Right. So every wow, wow. pressure free throw down the stretch is a one and one Wow. And we had some good free throw shooters, but not like uh, Daryl Strickland missed a one and one He was a great free throw shooter, but, you know, he misses a one and one Tom Brown misses a one and one you know, you remember these things. Sure. But we still, we still uh, had a chance to win. They missed uh the last shot and it was one of these long rebounds hit back iron way out and their player wayne mccoy caught it and scored at the buzzer and beat us uh, and that wow, was, was the most devastating because we knew when we took the court penn was coming off the court having beaten syracuse so so we went to that game knowing we'd have to beat the ivy league champ to get to the final four wow 
So Rutgers so that like, year, that year, like that year, you guys could have competed all the way with all those schools getting beat. Wow, Absolutely. that's brutal. Yep. That's and another, that's that's what up against either Magic or, or Bird. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, well, at the end, we was, had beaten Bird the year before at the rack. Really? See, I was going to go that there. either. Wait, yeah, so, I up against these guys. And that was my minute, next question. Wait a minute. That, so Larry Bird got beat at the rack? I did not know that. Oh, I'll send you that. a picture, Jimmy. I'll send you a picture. You'll have oh. to put him on your broadcast. Um, but we went to a box and one on him. Kelvin Troy, who was a, a dog of a defender. That's Kelvin great. Troy just, you know, hawked him. But you have to remember, Bird came in. He was averaging over 30 a game <laughs> and over, like, 16 rebounds. Coming to the rack and getting beat. And he beat. came to the rack. And um, he had just been on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and it was one of the, <laughs> in the Sports Illustrated cover where the Sycamore cheerleaders had their fingers up, and it was, like, the best-kept secret was Larry Bird. Right. And we held him to 23. All right. We, uh, we, it was the Harry and Larry show. There was a guy named Harry Morgan who was a senior and Larry was a, a junior and they called it the Harry and Larry show. And we held Larry to 23. The, the pack, the rack was standing room only. You talked about crowds that they were seven deep on the, um, the concourse. Just wow. the fire, wow. you know, the fire marshals would have just shut this down today. Wow. Right, uh, right, right. But we beat them in the NIT that year. And we were the last team to beat Indiana state. The following year, they went undefeated and went to the finals. So the ah, so they they lose to Rutgers and then he so Larry Bird loses to Rutgers and then the next loss was against Magic Johnson. Chris, come on, you could say you could in some ways make the case that like Rutgers had everything to do with Larry Bird's greatness. It just (laughs) sparked that was like his villain moment. Everybody has that dark moment. I think Larry Bird on the ride home was like, I can't believe I just lost to Rutgers. I will never lose again. That's great. I did not. I, first of all, I know I love old, I love tidbits like that. Um, I did not know that. I don't think my brother knows that. I got to make him listen to the show. He probably is listening now. Um, so yeah, of course, you know, I'm friends with Brian Ellerbee, who I know you've seen over the years. He was on, on my floor. I was a little, you know, little, little kid freshman. And on my floor was Brian Ellerbee. Underneath us was John Battle. One of the greatest players ever right, played at Rutgers. Right. And, yeah. and Ellerby was such a uh, uh, cool guy. And I used to make him laugh. And I used to make those guys laugh. because I And that's why I started to go. I was more into basketball because I would just go over there and go. Back then, as a student, you just walk right in. It was like, I don't, I don't remember buying a ticket. It was like, it was very rarely sold out by the time I got there. And any big game, uh, Ellerby or Zucker would just get, say, here, take tickets. You know, I'd grab a chick or something, try to go watch the game. But uh, uh, so I've been following it ever since. Now let's okay. So you played four years. That's awesome. Now you're over. Uh, well, now you're uh, established businessman. You're over at Alex Brown as a managing director. That sounds uh, awesome. Yeah. And yeah. you know, uh, I know you've had a good career in that regard. So God bless Rutgers for uh, giving you that fine education. Uh, even though I'm sure your parents are like, you're not going to go to Princeton. Uh, I think I think the reason why you, you threw out the money thing, I don't think that's what it was. I think you went to a party your senior year in high school and you were like, uh, hey, mom and dad, there's a lot of chicks at Rutgers hanging out. <laughs> Nothing against Princeton, but I don't want to go to that cavernous 
uh, I can't think of the name of the arena at Princeton. Why Jadwin Jim. Jadwin Jim. Yeah. And go to that awful place where they they hold the ball for two hours. They get six shots off. And I'm going down to Kappa Sig and Zeta Psi and, and DU at Rutgers. And there's women around and they're having cocktails. Jim, Jimmy, you might be on to something. <laughs> <laughs> so, and of course, now Matt's, Matt is married to a friend of mine, Mark Chardy's sister. Am I getting that right? That's correct. That's yeah. correct. And Mark Chardy. Uh, is friends with my brother-in-law, Steve. They went to Piscataway High School together. And, of course, Mark uh, is a producer of films. And uh, I've been in a couple of his films. He's been very good to me that way. Or I've been good to him, depending on how you look at it. And uh, yep. so now, so that's cool. Four years of Rutgers. You did well in your career. So let's talk about uh, the current Scarlet McKnight's. Um, the last three years to me are a little interesting. We did well, but I have an overwhelming sense that it could have been a little better. We got beat. I don't know. I guess it's been there were there were moments in the NCAA tournament. I think we lost to Houston. We could have won that game uh, last year. We didn't make the tournament because we were up by seven against Minnesota with a minute to go, and 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 the next thing you know, we lost. So not that it could have been better. We I, I'm not so sure, but we it's a possibility we could have went to the Sweet 16 because we had beaten tons of teams yeah, in the I regular like season. Got a raw deal at the end last year, so. Yeah, they they could have case that it was not their fault, but well, yeah, but we did. You know what? You can't lose to Minnesota. You just can't. Um, what do you think about the, currently what's going on with uh, with the Scar? I mean, Coach Pike, yeah, Pikeel, uh, I think he's doing a great job. What are your thoughts on the current yeah, state? I, mean, I, I love Steve. I think he's a gem. I think he's uh, brought this program to a place that we never would have thought ten, you know, seven eight years ago. Um, you know, when it's funny, when, when you have no expectations, you're never disappointed. And for years, we were never disappointed because we had no expectations. Zero. And so now we've had some expectations and now we're getting a little disappointed. And I, I think right. that's a good place to be. Right. Uh, right. And, and we are disappointed. I mean, clearly the, 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 the gut punch that that Minnesota game was last year. Uh, and the then to Ohio lose State in the, game, to lose the in the State NI, game. yeah, which was a legal shot and all that. But then classic Rutgers, just like you talked about in your year, with a number one seed in the NIT. I don't think that's really ever happened. And we get bounced by um, uh, Hofstra. Hofstra. That is brutal. That's, that's why last season ended in such a death. But now, and, and Chris is not a huge college basketball guy, but uh, he, and I know he's not following this. But what's going on with the recruiting with Rutgers still basketball? Awake. He's still awake. Though. Is he's still awake? He's listening intently. He's a good listener. Um, the recruiting that Rutgers is doing between 2023 and 2024, as of right now, anyway, is absolutely mind-boggling. Like you can make the argument, like, oh yeah, Le 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 Bronny James, yeah, you know, we're, gonna, we're looking at Dylan Harper, we're looking at uh, Griffiths, we're looking at Bailey. What the? The people that Rutgers is in bed with with this recruiting has never happened like this. We have a potential chance to have a top five recruiting class. That is in the country. I mean, like, if players are saying no to Duke and stuff, I don't know if we're going to get Dylan Harper. What, what are your thoughts? Do you think these guys are all going to come or is it just smoke? So, you know, there's lots of – I think there's a shot, clearly. Uh, I saw yeah. I saw Coach Pikehill last summer at a party in Spring Lake, uh, just a – an alum over there, Mike McDonald had the team and the coach. Well, I think my, I think my brother was there. I think he was yeah. at that one too. And uh, and he said that the uh, Harper's family loves him. Uh, right. The mom, he has a great relationship with with Dylan. 
Harper's mom and Ron Harper obviously was a, a great, you know, he had a great experience. Right. But when the Dukes in Kentucky start talking uh, NIL money, yeah, so so I, I so I saw Pike at this party, and then I'm walking on the boardwalk in Seagirt, and I run into Dan Hurley. Dan Hurley, the coach at UConn, has a house in Seagirt. Right. And so in Fourth of July, I run to him, and and I said, Dan, I said, Danny, what do you think with uh, Ron Harper, or with Dylan Harper? I said Duke and Kentucky are interested. He said if they're interested, they're talking a million dollars. That's and this crazy. was similar to what I had heard before. So Can't turn I, know that down. Pike, I know Pike has a great relationship. And I know Steve said to the mom, he said, listen, we love to have your son, but we understand that's a lot of money. You know, there's a lot of money. We don't so have that. It does have to come down to, you know, the, the player wants to come. He, you know, he, he gets some money, but not that much money. He'll get, uh, he'll get a nice, Chunk of he'll change. get he'll get some change like um caleb mcconnell apparently turned down a lot of money to stay last year right um they must have paid cliff something to come back no doubt so there is there is some money around right um but you it see is, it, it's it, it's the facilities it's the coaches it's the atmosphere uh it's a lot of different you know these kids jimmy when we were in college you give us 100 bucks we feel rich right i mean you right. know yeah, I mean, you know, I know there was some money flying around a little bit, but it was coffee money. It was nothing. Yeah, um, I mean, James Bailey got a car to come back his senior year. Right. Um, you know, and no one asked any questions. Right. You know? the, the, uh, thing is, the thing is, the thing about Rutgers that that to me is mind boggling with this NIL, the timing of it. People don't realize that, number one, Rutgers is in the tri-state area. We have the most alumni that live 45 minutes away from campus. And and there's money here. There's money in the there's money in New York City. I mean, you're a managing director at Alex Brown. My brother's done well for himself. There's, there's money. Rutgers alumni. The problem is, there hasn't been a long enough buildup. The people that are, are that that are doing really well, they were, were at here. You know, maybe they went to school even before you. And the, the NIL to them is like foreign. Whereas other cultures are like, hey, let's pay these kids. We've been paying them under the table for years. Let's pay them now. But the, the unique thing is maybe not right now, but if Rutgers can put together a five to seven or eight year run in football and basketball, where they're competitive, where the basketball team, say, makes the tournament every third year, the football team uh, throwing an eight and four once in a while, a seven and five, six and six, no blowouts. If you can do that, there will be a lot of there'll be a lot of NIL money here. The reason the why it's going to be tough, though, is because of the football aspect and that schedule is just it's just brutal. It's but and they're the going to change that. Way, they're cha way behind in football. They're going to change the conference uh, alignment. They're going to just go with one thing. So the problem is it's just, it, it, you know, like I said, the NIL money, Rutgers could actually be a um, – we, we, uh, 10 years from now, people could be like, oh, Rutgers, man, they're not that good, but shit. Uh, they're, they're coming up with millions for these players. That could happen, but we have to have a higher level of success over a longer period of time. You know, in my opinion, Shiano point, the first run of Shiano, we were only good for about a year and a half, if you ask me. And then we we beat teams that we should have beat anyway. And now we're in the Big Ten, and, uh, you know, Shiano's well, doing okay, but I don't know. Well, not, I, you, know, you know, I have season tickets to the basketball and to the football. The football is a little I. more of a loyalty test for me. 
Um, <laughs> but time. if you think about it, we and, and no one wants to, you know, my football friends don't want to hear this, but we got good in the Big East when all the teams we couldn't beat left. Right. We couldn't no beat doubt. West Virginia. We couldn't beat Miami. We couldn't beat Virginia Tech. You know, all those teams leave, and then all of a sudden we're, we're beating South Florida and UCF. And, right. you know, Louisville. Was those good teams are even good now. Right. Yeah, I mean, so – you know, it helped that they that the teams we couldn't beat left. Um, it's the blowouts that hurt the most. Like you know what I, I tell people, going to a Rutgers game, it's like going to, to a tailgate at a wake. You sit in the parking lot, you have hot dogs and beer, everybody gets drunk, and then someone says, "Oh, the wake starts," and then you walk slowly on this death march, and you're listening to the band, and you go in, and it's death, and then you leave at the half because there's no. God forbid. And then you just walk so, back to your car. Some type of passing attack, they're going to struggle. To me, fan wise, right. uh, putting seat, people in the seats, they need to throw the ball more. My yeah. my family, we used to go to the games. They thought when the band came out, the game was over. It's true. It's the end of the game. So, half so my kids always thought at halftime the band comes out, the game is over because we never stayed. <sighs> I think the amount of second halves I've seen at Rutgers in my you know time as a season ticket holder. You could count on two hands. I agree. I agree. There's so many games. Um, and even like last year, the Michigan game, you know, the kid missed the field goal. So we're up by three at the half. I went up to go get a beer take and go to the bathroom. And when I came back, it was like 56 to 14. I was like, wait a minute. But there's only four minutes. Like, that's hard to do. Like, if if Rutgers wasn't on the field. Rutgers was trying. To let them score, it would have still no, been hard. It, it looked to me, it looked like, you know, Vinny Boombat said, all right, Rutgers at the half, down by three. But listen, you know, you got to let Michigan. In other words, if, if Rutgers wasn't on the field, I don't think Michigan could have scored as fast as they did. They scored on a <laughs> – it was like – I'm like – but I, then I said to myself, Jimmy, I said before the game, I want to have fun at till the half. And that's exactly what the, the gods of football gave me. And then by the start of the fourth quarter, I was driving up 287 – ready to drive off the road. I was like, so I'm actually down on the football team. Um, I don't, and for one major reason, I watch college football and every team has this quarterback, a dynamic quarterback, a runner, a scrambler, a guy who looks like Tom Brady or a guy who looks like Randall Cunningham. They're whipping the ball over the place. They're doing this triple wing wide out Boise state. And you come to Rutgers and all you see is a big quarterback. He looks the package and it's 37 nothing, and we haven't crossed midfield. I think they made a mistake not going to the portal. Um, everybody's high on this guy, Wimsat. I have seen nothing. I watched him play live on a scrimmage. I've watched him on TV. I've watched him on, at the games. I know he's young. Um, I just don't I, – I, don't, I think – I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's NIL money. They couldn't afford to pay a, a kid to come in. I think they should have got a kid to come in. They don't have a quarterback. Yeah, I mean – Every time I get angry at the football program, I think that the best thing that happened to Rutgers athletics is being in the Big Ten. Right. And we it's would fun. not have been in the Big Ten if it weren't for football. Now, the football, you could say, will never be a competitor in the Big Ten. But if we didn't have the football program at the point that it was, even as anemic as it was, we wouldn't have been invited into the Big, right. big Ten. And it was a good so, financial move for Rutgers, even though we're we're down a little bit with the money and the investment you read about in the Star Ledger. We didn't get the full share yet. Rutgers, when Rutgers, I tell people all the time they don't want to listen. When Rutgers is on television, the ratings are through the roof because we're in the number one market. So you can have that big Iowa-Nebraska game, but guess what? 
you know, people, you know and, and New York is not really a college town. It's just a pro town. Yeah. So when Rutgers does very well, the, whoever's in charge of the Big Ten Network, they are. That's why Rutgers will never be kicked out of that the uh, Big Ten. Yes, um, and I think they're putting CBS putting uh, the the Northwestern Rutgers game on first game of the year next year. Of course, Football. it's on Labor Day weekend, and where people go to the jury. You'll be at Seagirt. You ain't gonna yeah, go to that I'll game be, sure. I'll be at the Parker House back. There course. you go. You be at the Parker House watching the game. So listen, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, uh, so you're still over at Alex Brown. You're not. Are you retired yeah. yet? What's going on? No, no. I, my son joined my my team, so I have some help. In fact, he had a baby girl this morning, so it's my third oh my grandchild. God. And, Your uh, first grandchild? My third. Third. So you yeah. have a third grandchild, uh, and you're coming on the Jimmy Palumbo show. Yeah. Plus, you gave me a tidbit about Larry Bird. Chris, this might be my finest guest of the year right here. That's a, <laughs> a very special guest. That's unbelievable. <laughs> we, uh, you guys are kind. That's it. That's it. Well, listen, thanks for coming on. I think that era of Rutgers football where you play a basketball, excuse me. Well, the football team wasn't bad either. No. Uh, was an interesting, uh, you know, it's a great tidbit. Uh, name the only division one school that went undefeated in the regular season in football and basketball the same year. And the answer is Rutgers. We were 11 and 0 in football and we, we ran the, we ran the table uh, in basketball as well, but we were only division one in football for about 45 minutes before the season started. So I think we only yeah, beat I, I one. Think we beat Colgate at the Meadowlands to go right. undefeated. Oh, those awful Meadowlands games at cavernous giant stadium. Oh my God. Anyway, listen, I appreciate well, you coming on, uh, share it on your social media or your son, whatever. And, uh, I'll, maybe I'll see you 4th of July weekend. I'll be down, uh, down in Seager. Would love to see you guys. Thanks. You got it. Thank you so much. Have a good one, Mike. All right, Christopher. Well, we got certainly – I can't believe Larry Bird got beat at the rack and then he didn't lose another game. That's unbelievable. How could I not – if my brother knows, he's going to lie to me and say he knew that. I don't think anybody knew that. I really don't. That's unbelievable. And, uh, man, Rutgers had some good players back then, a lot of guys in the NBA. And uh, I love the fact that Matt was uh, got all those schools he ended up going to Rutgers. I have no doubt that some of those schools he mentioned aren't exactly, uh, you know, lighting it up in terms of – uh, social aspects. I'll leave it at that. I'll stay. It's 2023. I'll say it like yeah, that. Yeah, he's a basketball player now. He, what was it, Cardell Jones? He was like, I didn't, I didn't come here to play school. I came here to play football. <laughs> he was an Ohio yeah. State quarterback. He was right. Putting that on his social media. Right. So I'm true, sure. Uh, I'm sure. I, I, I wonder if he partied as much as Matt did. Anyway, no, I'm not saying Matt was a party. He's still listening. He's probably laughing at me now. Anyway, which uh, that's it. Well, of course, that brings us to. CornholeLevel.com. Yeah, that's right. In the comments, he's saying, "Glad to see Chris remember the episode this week." It had nothing to do with Chris. You're, you're well, you were at the well, you were at the post office uh, when I was the show. Started, yeah, I was at the post office because because you said you were like, "Hey, the episode's at twelve thirty, right?" Listen, listen no, no, no. the fans have spoken. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I didn't get a chance to, to say my side of the story. I get a text, and or I texted you. It said one. You said twelve thirty. I texted you. And then the next text I got from you, it says, oh, shit. No, I didn't. And I was already at the post office. It was 1226. You were like, yeah, I how about, okay, but how about today? You didn't come on until 106 when I said one o'clock with a guest. I know. And I said, look, I'm about to eat, right? I said, I got to eat real quick. It was 1240, right? And then we talked for seven more minutes. Listen, 
Mike Caprio is uh, he is the owner of CornholeLevel.com. You interrupted his ad. I actually have to tell you to tell him Caprio off. So Caprio, if you're listening, for him. a couple of things. If you're listening, the Mets suck, and you're right. Sorry to interrupt. Look at him laugh out loud. But of course, Chris CornholeLevel.com. That's right. Now, if you have a maybe Matt down in Seagirt has a cornhole board, right? And he's got a beautiful house in Seagirt, a nice family, and grandkids all over the place. But he's got a bad cornhole board. And everybody's like, oh, my God, Matt, you're, you've been very successful. You played at Rutgers with NBA guys. But look at your cornhole boards. They're all they're twisted. They're a mess. You just hook this little thing on right here for $19.95. And you get to and fro. And you have a perfect balanced cornhole leveler. If you go to cornholelevel.com. That's right. $19.95. 20% off. I can see Matt Madlinger is on the phone right now desperately trying to get these things. For the summer, um, it's 20% off the entire order. And pretty soon, these things are going to be colored with Rutgers colors, with the R underneath, and Penn State, and all these awful, you know, uh, like pet teams that I hate. But you should only order the Rutgers ones if you're a fan of my show. So go to cornholelevel.com. Tell them Jimmy Palumbo sent you. Give the code JP Show. And uh, I, I got to figure out if. Uh, I think it's possible that Caprio have to, has to renew soon enough. No, I think he just renewed. Uh, but he's a fine, fine man for renewing. CornholeLevel.com, the perfect gift, the perfect gag gift. It's just one of those gifts you got to keep in your car. You go to a shitty barbecue, and they got a bad cornhole board, and you could save the day, Chris. You would never play with a bad cornhole board, would you? You wouldn't do that. Come on, bro. <laughs> the no excitement coming out of Chris Gucci cornhole, here. Cornhole is, is it's what you do when there's nothing else to do. Like, well, listen, it's not like, I, listen, I'm a fan of this cornhole leveler. I've always shoe. thought that having a cornhole board mentally interrupted my drinking. I have to take the bag. I have to throw it. I'm trying to talk to a chick. Anybody who's single and flirting with chicks. Say, cornhole is a single man's game, and it's not for just men. I think it's a married right. man's game. If you're single at a barbecue, you're looking for chicks. You're not playing, well, you're you not playing play, cornhole. Hey, hey, are you good at cornhole? Want to try your luck against me? And oh, then you just so you get on the same side. So then you're... Oh, yeah. You have to make sure I've been, you know here. what? I remember down the shore in Manasquan. You're playing against it again with the girl, but she's on the opposite side, and your buddy ends up hooking up with her because she's right next door. See, no, the no. Finer See, that's, points that's the thing. Cornhole. You don't team up. No, no, no. I know. Absolutely. You're not getting involved up. here. I'm getting texts now the, from You got to know, gotta know the, right. the rules here, Jimmy. You send her on the other team. You say, you know, no, no, I'm not. I didn't know. Here. See, I did not know the finer aspects of Cornhole. But anyway. You got to go to cornholelevel.com here. Well, let's get right to it. The best player in Major League Baseball came back this week. Giancarlo Stanton hits a bomb right away. Uh, and then he he, won, he pretty much won the game Sunday. I don't know why they benched him on Saturday. Pretty much won the game with a double off the wall. Almost went out. Should have went out if you ask me. So Giancarlo's back. Yankees beat a tough Dodger team. Um, uh, two out of three, which is nice. Yankees, but they're still... The double race just refused to die. Still six and a half back, but the Yankees are playing a little bit better ball. Love to see that. Um, plus the Orioles are playing good ball as well. So the American League East is by far the best division in uh, in baseball. But it's nice to see the Yankees uh, smacking the ball around. Now, uh, Gallo, I always mention Gallo, is now batting 188. Um, and his lifetime batting average is now 199. Mind-boggling why this guy's still in the league. He's got 11 home runs with 26 hits. That's brutal. That's got to be the highest hit to home run ratio, right? In the league. It's got to be. 
11 home um, runs is decent. 26 yeah, hits, 62 right Ks. In the league right now? That ratio, yeah. you don't think so? At bats? I mean, um, hits to home runs? Mm, it's got to be close. I mean, it's got to be, be, yeah. At this point, yeah. He's been in the league 11 years, and his lifetime bat average is 199. That's brutal. I said it. He'll be cut by 4th of July. Let's see if I'm – or benched not to play again. Um, well, the NBA has been interesting. I've actually been watching a little of the games because this guy, Jokic, I don't really get to see much, and he certainly is just an awesome player, two-time MVP, blah, blah, blah. But it was nice, even though I'm not a Heat fan, it was nice to see the Heat um, – you know, listen, you know, last, the other night's game was one of those games where – a classic thing when you get a team that's hot coming into a playoffs and it's seven games and the minute you think, you know, Oh, sweet, you know, four Oh, and all of a sudden like NBA players are just like, no, no, we're going to get one. That was their one big game on the road. That's a really, it was a really nice win for the heat. No question about it. Um, I still think, I still think it's going to end. It's going to end quick uh, for the heat, but you know what? You got to admit, listen, I got to go down to Miami. They, I think they're pretty tough there. Um, I think it's gonna. I think this might be a better series. I'm gonna say it goes six. What do you think, Chris? You still clicking? I five? mean, my original prediction was five. All right. um, it's gonna be. It's gonna be harder, obviously, to get it in five now because they didn't take care of their home court. Right. Um, I could see. I really. I mean, I think there's a very, very sneaky game for them. Right. If he could win this game, it's gonna be. A, well, it's gonna be seven. I always home- say this. Whenever you drop a home game, right, and then you got to yeah. go on the road. Yeah, the, the home problem, court is now. They right. need to have home court now. They got yeah. more home and now, And now, though, with like six minutes to go, if it's like 74, 73, it's human nature, man. You start going like, uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're looking at down two to one. I think Denver, though, is uh, they're, I, they're better, and they have a, a dominant player. I think they're going to see. Uh, but as we talked about, the Heat have one of the better coaches in the league that nobody talks about. And I think um, – it should be interesting. So I think that's kind of cool right there. Um, but that, that joke is just a stud. Uh, he, he got shut down a little bit in the second half. I'm also wondering if he was just – you look. I don't know, maybe it was t- – some of these guys get tired. But, but no, I mean, like the adjustments that the Heat made were they put – they switched things up defensively. They put they put Jimmy Butler guarded uh, Murray the entire game. And right. in the fourth quarter, he became too much for him. He, and they didn't get to the free throw line at all. But at the same time, the Nuggets were winning – the Nuggets did a lot of things right for the first, uh, what, 36 right. minutes of that game. They were up they, eight going into the fourth. They just got beat in the fourth quarter. Right. Who's the guy? What's the guy's name? I'm being stupid here. The guy's name on the Heat who started hit. He just hit like three big threes. Oh, Duncan minutes. Robinson? Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if the game's close and the guy hits, you know, three exactly. big threes. The NBA comes down NBA. to like if, if you shoot – if you shoot 70% from the field in the fourth quarter, you're going to win if it's right. even remotely yep. close. That's it. But it was fun. I think it's good for, you know, I'm listen, I'm not a huge NBA fan, but uh, I had fun with the Knicks a little bit this year. So, um, and plus watching Jimmy, the Heat play the Knicks, I, um, I, I'm actually enjoying watching it. Um, so, uh, listen, I think it's, I think it's going to go six. I think the Heat's going to steal one and he, I don't think they'll win. I just think Jokic is too good. And they don't have a, when he gets going, they don't have, he looks like eight inches taller than everyone. It almost looks unfair. Like it's like Andre the Giant. Like, and he hits that little like not a hook shot. He hits that little, that little like. It's like a fade, but he's a seven footer. So it's I like he's it. got this weird. It's unguardable. Right, unguardable. and also and he's also the best got, passing big man. Right, and it is, and he can shoot. Best, and he can shoot he's deep the best if he has big to. Man in the history of the NBA, and people will say, "No, come on, history." Yeah, he's got two MVPs. He's. He's yep. he averages he had seven triple doubles in the postseason this year, 
He averages 10 assists a game for his regular season. It's like and he, you know, he and he brings the ball up, and when a little fast guard comes up to him, he don't steal it. No. So he he's a he's just a great great basketball player that I think you play in Denver nobody cares I think the world and plus he was good first of all he had a career before the NBA so the world knows how good this guy is uh, I think it's kind of a cool story um, and uh, I'm rooting for him but I want to see it I'd love to see it go seven that's always cool but of course now Chris if you have carpets that need to be cleaned there's only one place to go here Trey that's right. You got to go to oxymagicusa.com. That's right. Now, listen, the, these guys, they're not your traditional cleaning place, okay? First of all, the whole thing is ran by my buddy Tom and his lovely wife, Natalie. They're very good pickleball players. Turns out when you're good in pickleball, means you're very successful in life and you own the best cleaning carpet cleaning place in the area, okay? Now, listen. They don't, uh, they don't drag hoses through. They use a whole little special thing. The dry time is one to two hours. They have the green seal. Their EPA is a safer choice. There's not chemicals all over your house. Um, they, they do wall-to-wall. They do area rugs, upholstery. They do tile and grout. OxyMagicUSA.com. Remember, it's O-X-Y. MagicUSA.com. OxyMagicUSA.com. Getting involved here. Um they also have, listen, if you want to be an investor, maybe open up your own cleaning place. They offer zero company financing for new location owners. Um, all you got to do is go to oxymagic.com for that information. Or if you got a filthy carpet and you say, you know what, it's time. Jimmy Plumbo said, I'll even maybe visit your house and say, hey, your carpet smell. Let's get the oxymagic going here. Um, I will tell you that he came and did my carpets here, which I'm. they, they were able to sell this condo I'm in. So that worked there. And also, uh, th- this condo that I'm about to buy, one of the rooms has a little a little stain in one of the rooms. So, Tom, if you're listening, I'm going to have your guy come here and try to get the stain out of the carpet. Otherwise, I have to replace the carpet here, Shay. But it's the best carpet cleaning in the area, oxymagicusa.com. It so happens that Tom and his wife are very good in pickleball. They think they're better than me. They're not really. I just, you know, haven't really played them enough to, you know, I need a, uh, I need a partner so I'm going to find a really good woman partner that we're going to take them on and give them a beating. But no, they're really, they're awesome. He's, I think he played high school, t- uh, college tennis. And um, she's good too. That's the reason why they win. Cause she's good. That's the reason. Um, but oxymagicusa.com. O-X-Y. Magicusa.com. Go talk to Tom and uh, check it out. It's cool. They're good people. And you love to uh, have sponsors that are good people. I always love that. So, all right. Yesterday, went to the home inspection of my condo. Things are looking pretty good. Uh, I went down to it with my brother, and um, he was looking at it with me. And uh, my buddy Dave, of course, has always helped me out. And um, it's going to be in downtown Mawa. We're going to have improved studios, Chris. I'm going to be in the dining room studios here at Shea. Uh, I'm excited about it. Um, it'll be a little bit nicer for my daughter. Uh, and it's right around the corner. Don't worry, I don't have to. You don't. You're not gonna help me move, Chris. I know you would. Or are you but being you don't forced have to. into an upgrade? You're being forced into an upgrade. That's what I'm well, getting. the place, uh, the the place I'm in, I decided that it wasn't a good mix to to stay, really. So I decided to, um, you know what it is. Listen, I'll tell you. I'm in a complex that's very nice, except for the two buildings that I'm in were part of the. 30 years, 40 years ago, lower income housing. So it's, it's just the clientele here is not as nice. They don't have, I don't have a, you know, certain things I wanted. 
So I, um, I'm not bashing any you know, low-income people at all. No, I'm just so saying. Simple answer is simple answer is yes. It's nicer. Upgrade. I like my new place better. That's what we do in this life, right? We advance into bigger and better. We things. advance, right? We yep. advance, Jimmy. Is, even though, albeit being forcefully advanced in some ways, in your in your case, but were you? I don't know. I wasn't here last week, so I missed the details. Because when I brought up, oh, you found a place, you seemed like, yeah, you don't know. Well, it, yeah, I, I kind of, I think I mentioned it last week that it looks weird. Yeah, but so, you know, listen, until it's a done deal, uh, you know. Exactly, you got to be careful. But it's close. Know. It's, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's going to happen. I mean, Jeff Fiegels don't miss. Jeff Fiegels don't miss, it. right? Of course, Jeff Fiegels is my realtor, the punter from the Giants, and he's in Italy with his family. Classic. It's a classic Giant, shitty That's a Giant classic move. Realtor move, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, we love you. We love you. By the way, I'm taking my whole family to Italy for 12 days during the most critical part of your transaction. It uh, sounds but, like a Jimmy thing, honestly. I feel like that's listen. just Jimmy, Giants. You could blame what you want here, but the juju is all lining up as to where listen, listen, All I know is I hate Larry Bird and Rutgers beat him at the rack. So that that is – matter of fact, I have to get – he sent me photos. I got to – I'm going to be blessed. I can't, I can't wait to call my brother to find out. If he's listening, Frank, come on in and say something. Um Anyway, so that's what's going on. We might have a closing date in about 10 days, so I'll be moving and doing all that stuff. Um, actually, I think 4th of July falls on a Tuesday, so we might have to move our uh, – we might do it Wednesday. Maybe we'll do it Wednesday the 5th. Maybe that'll work. Um, but that's in a while yet. we still got time. Uh, please, people, June 19th, Beer League the Series. Google it. Look it up. Go to the YouTube. I need you to subscribe. And here's why. You got We got to get over 1,000 subscribers to get this thing rolling. I've been texting with Artie. Artie's going to be promoting it soon enough. And um, uh, we got to get, once we get over a thousand subscribers, then we got to fight the battle of clicks and views. I think you guys are going to enjoy this. It's five days in a row. Each one's going to drop every day. They're about three minutes long. They're not 30 minute episodes. I never said that. Um, And then uh, from there, if the public says these are kind of fun, let's do more. And if we do more, you know, that's where, Possibly some of the other cast members who didn't partake will partake. We think we got a lot of material to talk about in terms of um, old people still trying to play sports. Uh, but I will tell you, I started playing pickleball again. The heels You're coming right around. Marathon. That's an episode right there, bro. Well, there you go, bro. Plus, we're gonna, maybe we'll interview Larry Bird. I got to be in that one. I got, who's going to play me you. in that one? Maybe, who, maybe. Who, who, a, you know what? My goal is to have a, a beer league series where at the credits it just says. Chris Gucci playing himself. That's all no, I want. I want. I got to pick the actor. I want to pick the but actor. But of course, well, wait a minute now. Hang on a second. I can't have you in Beer League the Series without Dave. Get Tom Holland to play if, me. If you were in Beer League the Series without Dave, David, Chop Sports would shut down within four hours. Well, I'll just you, have we'll just get Tom Holland to play me. Probably closely resembles me the most. <laughs> Maybe I'll have right? you play Dirt. What? Dirt. You were dirt the pitcher in beer league? <laughs> yes. Now I, I was like, what are you talking about, bro? I took a shower like four hours. <laughs> but I promise if we, if we, 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 we had a run, Dave almost came down. If we, uh, we go in another production, it'll be on a different situation. And uh, I'm going to make sure all my buddies get in for sure. We didn't do that during the first beer league, which we should, should have. have Johnny Trino start a podcast on it, bro. There's so I, many good things here. There's so many bit. Well, first of all, I played, I played softball yesterday. First time in a while. I was two for three. I played right field, played a decent right field. Uh, one got, one guy hit a slice. We only played three outfielders, which why we did that, I'll never know. And so I had to play like right center and a guy hit a golf shot down the line. And I was like, so I was like, okay, I went into mode of hold them to three. 
and I took it in, fired it in. You only got a triple, which worked out. Um, but I threw some, I caught, caught a couple of nice balls. Uh, felt good at the plate. But the, you know what I couldn't do? I could not do this, Chris. This has nothing to do with running the 5K, which I'm going to get to in a second. I was going to say, you couldn't make it to first base. No, dude. First of all, I didn't. You know what I didn't do? I usually try to I run the bases a little bit as part of my warm-up, but I didn't. Dude, I swung, hit a ground ball. I swear, it took me an hour to get out of the box. That's number one, right? And as I'm running down the first, I could hear like two, two, get two, two, two. Not only was I out, I, I think I think I was out by five steps. In other words, it was like, like it was like not even. I was like, well, and I realized, oh my god. And then so when I ran out, um, the next time I got up and I got a base hit, I made sure I ran hard down the first, even though I knew I was going to be safe. Because I wanted to get a feel, and I was like, you know what? I can't play softball without running the bases a little bit. No the positive, way. the positive uh, side of things. Like at, there was a time in history where being a slob was a sign of wealth. So maybe in another time, you were a very wealthy. We'll call you wealthy, Jimmy. So like I'm a. So you thought I was like a Roman, a big Roman god? Yeah, it's like, fa- I don't know. Maybe you, you like just called me. You just there called me Job of the Hut. He's not even running. Job of the Hut. Well, listen. No, all I know Cecil is, fielder, bro, you're Cecil Fielder. You're you're no longer uh, hitting for average. You guys are just you're just you're tough no on me. Listen, I some of the you're gonna see some of the posts coming up that I made at the thing for for beer league. Ooh, I got the gut going. <laughs> I got. I, I've been I've been I've been losing weight. I know I've lost weight in the last week, but it's I got to lose substantial weight. There's no question about it, and I will do it because I am doing my 5K has been switched to September 16th. It's the Ramsey 5K. It's the original you gotta one. That. You got to switch that seven to a three for this season, bro. You're gonna be uh, back three oh six. Let's look at Dave chiming in. Sweat signs, but it's so bad. I look. I just three oh six, bro. New hat. It, We're gonna get a new hat in the store. It's gonna say three oh six. I, you know what? The fans, listen. I could you still know what get we'll it put done. down to. We'll put down F seven is your new number. F seven. No, well, you know or that. six. How about six four three? Um, you know what's weird? I was telling a guy I've been playing softball for thirty five years. Okay, and <clears throat> that was good. <clears throat> that was good. You you rarely elicit a laugh out loud from me. I know. Well, yeah, I know. Getting you to laugh means I. But look, I, you, know, you I'm piggyback off of my good joke first, so I delivered, and then you you well, enforced it. So that's good. Listen, congrats, bro. My whole career backwards K. Uh, Dave's being such a jerk. Oh, I love it. Um, the no, that's me. I'm backwards K. The uh, the problem is, uh, in my whole career playing softball, about 39 years, okay? Don't ask me why. I wasn't always a speedster, for sure. I rarely, ra- I rarely struck out. I think I've struck out two times, right? Don't ask me why. I always made contact, whatever. And I never, I think I've grounded into three double plays in all the hundreds of games. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I go opposite field, so a second baseman gets it. It's got to go over a little bit. And... Uh, uh, Sam Grasso getting involved. Um, I, but th- this double play was like, <laughs> the announcer would have been like, oh, that'll be two. <laughs> it's like, it, but I, so I, I literally told him, the coach, I'm like, I will not ground into a, I want at least a bang, bang play. But remember, I, I tore my hammy, which would be brutal. I can't tear, tear my hammy this time. So I'm back doing that. Um, so I will, September 16th, Hector Macho Camacho, Johnny Trinnell Palumbo, is doing the 5K in Ramsey, and I will finish under 31 minutes. Bring on the sugar man. I know I'm doing. I got my training partner now. Guy's gonna run it with me, and he okay, does it wait, like 27 wait, 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 minutes. Wait, 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 just a second here. 
When you say training partner, no, he's going to run it with me. You're the person that's going to run with you because you're not training, bro. You're not, it's not David Goggins. You're not like See this? You don't, you're not waking up at five a.m. and hitting the That's hitting okay. The you know what? I, I, like you know what I'm doing partner. to you, Chris. Chris, I'm doing a rope a dope. I'm going against the rope. Let the dope hit me, and then I'm going to knock you be. out and finish under be. thirty. But this guy finishes it in twenty-seven. I play pickleball. His name is Rod. And I said, what is uh, Rob, his thoughts on this? What is his thoughts on this? He, he, he finishes 27, 27 minutes and he's incredibly in shape. So I said, listen, I need you to like run a little ahead of me and then maybe turn around and come back and get me sometimes. <laughs> I'd be like, Jimmy, come on, bro. You know, and he's good with the watch and how much time. So, and so the, no, no, that doesn't answer my question. You are like a politician up here right now. What did he say? When you said I have to run under 31 minutes, did he say to you, did he speak? He, well, he did. There was a pause for sure. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you there. There was a pause. But he wasn't like negative as every family member is. Probably a nice man. And God nice forbid, man. you know, you could see the clock as you're coming in, you know, to the final. And if I'm, if I'm, if I'm like, if I know I'm going to finish under 31, I'm going to do a little Ollie shuffle. You know that. I'm going to start. I'm gonna dress up like Macho Camacho. That's what's well, it's a be. good thing, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be a sad sight to see the 51 minute mark. See a, a raggedy 51 old. 51 minutes. Macho There's no way. The finish line. 50, 51 minutes. I can walk it in 51 minutes. I'm telling you. Exa- exactly. Anyway. Which brings us to chasing miracles. I'll be wearing these patches, these breakthrough technology phototherapy patches here at Shade. Using light to stimulate the body's natural healing systems. You got to put these things on your, your back, your shoulder, your gut. You can put them everywhere you want. You got to go to chasingmiracles.com. Talk to Donna and Tommy. They activate your stem cells. A lot of the athletes are using these now. Uh, they're they're uh, relatively inexpensive. Um, it's uh, Listen, it, as, they, as they say, they'll turn the lights back on so your body acts like it did when it was 20. Fans are on their feet here at Shea as Jimmy Palumbo crossing the finish line with Chasing Miracles, phototherapy patches, and also his uh, the, uh, the the other thing that put the, the, the sandbags in the water, as I call it. You got to go to Chasing Miracles. This stuff is real. It works. Um, it's, uh, they've done years of clinical research. You see athletes wearing these patches. It's the same thing. Go check it out. Uh, what else they do here? Um, you know, they say by the time you turn 60, your body starts to break down. I'm only 58. And, uh, oh, they work on the peach. That's so funny. Look at Sam Grasso wants to put it on his down below. That's a good question. Get to get involved here. Jimmy Plumbo late at night with a couple of scotches in him. It's putting the phototherapy. Yeah, I don't know about yeah. that. Well, for you, you know what, Sam, for me and you, maybe we should just put it on our hand so that <laughs> like it was that extra energy they talked about. How did this commercial for ChasingMiracles.com, okay, go from uh, from the calcium packs and the phototherapy patches to this disgusting conversation by Sam Grasso? Um, but no, check these things out. They're really cool. I'm wearing them right now as we speak. ChasingMiracles.com. Where? Talk to Donna. On your peach? Uh, not on my piece. They're on my back and on my shoulder for my pickle, my pickleicious game. And uh, go check your, it out. Jimmy, you're, you're just. No, I, for pickleball. Pickle? For pickleball, my friend. God, you guys, you're, you're just in the gutter here at Shea. Um, it's all funny. I played pickleball with um, uh, my friend Bennett and her, uh, her daughter's name is Shay. So I'm on the call with her. Shea She's like. Okay, she's 22 years old. Her name is, she's beautiful. She's 22, but her name is Shay. So, of course, I, I said to her, I said, I do a podcast, and all I do is say, you know, good evening, everybody, fine day here at Shay. 
And she looked at me like, so I said, you know what? I got to come up with a better nickname. So I just started calling her City Field all day. <laughs> I said, you know what? If your name is Shay, that's not a bad, uh, you know, call her City Field. You know what I mean? Um, or Dirt Infield, I was going to call her too. But um, but then, of course, you know, we, she was better than me in pickleball. So youth movement there. Um, I've been watching. I started watching Mrs. Maisel again last series. Chris, you ever watch that show? Probably not, huh? I felt like the show, I didn't. watch something good, though. I feel like the show is kind of, I didn't know what was going on with that show. I feel like it's uh, ran its course, but I can't. She's beautiful, the girl, the Miss Maisel you watch girl. Inside Man? I did not watch that yet, no. With Stanley Tucci and the. Um, I did not watch that, no. The premise, it's, the thing I like about it is it's only four episodes for now. I'm sure they're going to come back with another season, but um, a little quirky in terms of the premise. He's on death row and he's solving mysteries and shit. So it's one of those okay. stupid shows like Blacklist that eventually- I would dig like, that. I would dig that, I think. I have to check but that. It's, it's only four episodes and it gets, Love without that. giving away too much, there's a guy hands a priest a file. The file is something that a priest shouldn't have. Right. Someone sees it, it. It They think it's the priest's sons and he goes out of this world to try and protect his son and very, very similar to a, a Your Honor type show. But, okay. And that's on Netflix? Netflix? It's on Netflix. Four episodes. And I love that. It's a, it's a good, you'll, you'll right. watch it all in one sitting probably. So in Chris has a, a, a suggestion of a show, which to me. Quirky. quirky and the, the, the downfall is the jail scenes because it's just stupid. But that's the premise of the show. But the actual should... bulk is not even Stanley Tucci. It's like the actual, it's a different set, different cast, I'm, different everything. I'm all in. I'm going to watch Inside Man. And you know who died the other day? Um, this is for the older people. I remember as a kid, there was a show called Petroselli, a detective show. He's the guy's named Barry Newman. You <laughs> imagine naming a show like Petroselli? It sounds like Rico Petroselli. Um, it was one of those detective shows and for two years. <laughs> I just read that. I'm like, the guy was like 94 years old. I assumed he was dead years ago. Uh, but I always liked his character. He's been in a million things. I looked and I was like, you know what? I'm, he's bigger than he was bigger than I was. I wasn't a lead of a show for two years. But like I looked at I went on IMDb and I'm like, he was like a journeyman actor, booked so many different shows. And he lived to be 92. So maybe with Chasing Miracles and me getting healthy for this uh, 5K here, Shay, I will be, um, you know, live to be that age. But if I'm not, you got to go to the Pine Tar Bar and Grill, 121 South Main Street, Fork and River, 609-489-4286, the best sports bar in New Jersey. Go talk to my boy Tommy, pinetarbargrill.com. Check it out. They got every TV in the world there, like 90 TVs, all kinds of stuff. Also, if you're feeling a little down and out about yourself, Lisa Ruane, 201-725-1251. She's a therapist. Talk to her. She'll give you advice. You sign up to work with her. I told so, you you were you were like pine tar bar and grill, and if you're feeling a little better about yourself, just go sit down at the bar. You know, go sit down at the bar. Back, you know, at least maybe Lisa know. will meet you at the bar. That'd be kind of cool. Why are you getting your? Oh, I set it up with your reading glasses on from Absolute Eyewear. You go to Pine Tar Bar and Grill with the patches on your back, and sit and talk to uh, Lisa Ruane about your life at the bar. While you're getting your carpets clean at home. That's a perfect scenario. That way all the sponsors get in across the board like that. And while you're there, subscribe to Beer League, the series. That's the first. And then also uh, sign up for Patreon. That's how it is, Christopher. Well, that's it. Also, Show went long today. Also, when you get home, uh, straighten your cornhole. 
see that it's yeah, out, it's, it's, it's gutter day here i did well i did leave out cornhole and you but you didn't say it in a you said it in a different way um but listen you caprio is probably not listening anymore because you interrupted his thing before all right kids that's it uh thanks for my fine listeners tuning in i love you uh sturchio hopping in with his uh kids adorable photos on instagram and also the jet fan stuff which still makes me laugh I, I just know Miles is going to be a Jet fan. It's always a little green in the photo. I'll find that green in there. I'll find that Jet green. Aaron Rodgers of the 12 and 5 Jets this year. And the Packers, 5 and 12. All right, kids. I will talk to you later on. Jimmy Palomo Show signing off. See you next week. Peace.